All right, welcome to episode six of This Isn't Working. This week, we're going to be talking more in detail about remote versus in-person versus hybrid work, and also throwing in flexible work into the mix on that one. So this week, Tiffany's going to kick it off with a work fact. We were just talking a little before this, so this is one I haven't heard before, because usually we tell each other what we're going to say, but she's like, you, you just have to blind react to this. The job that I got after we were leaving the where we worked together. I was mm-hmm. sitting through my second interview with them. Obviously, the first one had gone quite well. Um, this was the first time that I was interviewing for uh, a job that would be entirely remote. Um, and the entire interview process was remote because, again, it was summer 2021. Mm-hmm. And the only remote experience I'd had was when our office went remote due to the pandemic. So I was little nervous about this whole kind of process and everything but first interview went well I've lined up my second interview now normally I would close myself in for interviews because I have a lot of pets running around but um it had been a quiet afternoon like they didn't normally bug me um my dog was on the bed behind me I was in like a guest bedroom he slept through the whole thing like a little angel But uh, Sophie, one of my cats, decided to not only make an appearance during my interview, but she spent like probably 20 minutes of the full 60 minute process hopping in and out of my lap, like walking across my keyboard. Like if you have meetings Uh, with me, (laughs) you definitely have seen her do this because she just that's a thing that she does. But I was so embarrassed and I kept like trying to like shove her down under the camera yeah, yeah. so nobody would see her but she just kept popping up and like her tail is like flicking in my face and on my nose and everything and finally I just was like addressing the cat in the room and I was like I'm so sorry yeah. like she's just normally I close her out but she wasn't around and the whole time the two you know soon-to-be colleagues of mine were just like trying to keep straight faces and keep everything together um, they did really well. And they were like, you know what? No, we love seeing cats on screen. Like, you're handling this with such poise. Like, I, we're so impressed. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, thank you so much. Again, so sorry. And after I started work there, uh, that was like a story that everybody told about me was how I, like, interviewed with my cat. And despite, like. Yeah, yeah. As if you, like, purposely right? brought her in for the interview. <laughs> and yeah. despite the uh, sort of mishap of that and how it flustered me um clearly again things went well and I got that job yeah that is one you haven't told me before that's hilarious and I it's funny because I also as as you know my dog has very long toenails yeah. and they're they can't really be clipped because she has very long quick so obviously she would bleed if they cut them back too far so I have wood floors in my house pretty much every time you and I talk clicking everywhere yeah so I always am petrified when I'm on like a work call or some sort of interview that that everything would happen. But I've noticed that nobody ever seems to really care because I've definitely been on calls where it's happened on the other end where somebody else has like some sort of pet or a child, yes. whatever. And they're like, oh, my God, sorry, my baby's crying. I'm like, I, I first of all, I don't care like, personally. <laughs> But but also, yeah, you're at home. It's not a big deal. Like this isn't a life or death phone call. It's we're talking about sales or like marketing. It's really like it's going to be okay. Right. And for me, I feel like I mean, I love being at home and working and having my pets. And I like this was particularly stressful because I'm trying to make a really solid second impression and get this job. Right. But once I'm like in a place like I don't 
I don't care. I, I hope that they don't bother me while I'm trying to do like a presentation or something where I sure. need to be more on top of things. But I agree. I think now everybody's just kind of like, yeah, there are, you know, animals. You might see a cat tail flying around like you hear children screaming right. in the background or whatever. I've even been on like customer service, like a, an actual phone call with an organization right. and they're. Uh, customer service team is remote and this woman once was like i am so sorry like my baby is in my lap you can probably hear her she was just like making little cooing baby sounds she wasn't even screaming and i was like listen lady it is totally fine so i think that now that remote hybrid situations are so much more common um people are just like yeah i i get it you're at home and at work it's fine you're right and i think everyone kind of had that collective feeling when you know most people who could go remote had did at the beginning of COVID. When we did, I mean, my dog was trying to figure out like why I was home all the time right. because obviously she would be home most of the time on her own when I was at work. It's funny you mentioned that because that was really my first experience with remote work. Well, when COVID first happened and our entire office went remote, I had sort of been okay doing that because I had that kind of flexibility to an extent. I didn't really have a hybrid situation. It was like 98% in-person, 2% remote. But if I wanted to work from home and didn't have any meetings, because before that we had different supervisors. Yeah. My supervisor was just like, she did not care. Because she she knew the work was getting done. Yeah, she trusted you to get the work done. And if you didn't have to be in the office, there was an understanding that like, yeah, you could take a day or two here or there to work from home. That was definitely not my experience pre-COVID right. in our office. As, as you said, though, we had different supervisors. I don't think it was most, yeah, I don't think it was most people's because at the time my supervisor was traveling very extensively. So even when she was like on campus at home office type situation, she didn't even have a physical office or she That's would true, only come yeah. in for meetings and then she would work from her home, which I don't blame her because you get more done, yeah. frankly. But you're right, I think... My situation was a little bit unique. And then at prior to that, at the time, I had somebody reporting to me. And so I would let her do the same thing. If she was like, oh, I don't have any meetings and it's Friday, is it cool if I work from home? Like, yeah, it doesn't matter because I, I know you're going to do right. the work and whatever. Like, And if you have Netflix on the background, I literally don't care. <laughs> you know, it makes zero difference to me. And then if I need you, I can get a hold of you. If you need me, you can get a hold of me, whatever. And I remember like somebody in particular wasn't happy because the person who reported me had had dotted line supervision somebody else and was like you you can't let her do that we don't do that here and i'm like well it's happening i've been letting her do it it's still happening i haven't been told otherwise by any way that matters and again my supervisor is cool with it so i guess i had that little bit of flexibility i didn't work from home that often but um it was nice to to have that flexibility if I'm just like, I really can't go in today. Yeah. Or like, it's just, I just need to, fo- or if I, especially if I need to focus on something because our office was such a shit show half the time with polit- office politics and just things going on. And, you know, it's hard to sit down and focus on building out a, like a presentation or something. Right. You know? And we were, there were a lot of people in and out, sometimes for meetings, sometimes for like the service we provided and stuff. So it, it could right. be really hard to concentrate in that space for sure. Now that I'm thinking about it, I suppose the like one hybrid experience I have pre-pandemic was um, I was working at a different organization and my partner was having like a medical procedure done and I just needed to right. like, be home to like help him get water and, you know, just make, make him food and things like that. So I couldn't 
not work, but I was like, I need to be at my home. And I used to travel for that job. So I had a laptop, like I had the capability to work outside the office. It just wasn't regular practice. Mm -hmm. But my supervisor was very cool. I talked to him and I was like, I want to take like half days for like a week to be able to work roughly four hours a day and then like I'm taking care of him the rest of the time it won't be like I'm solidly working in the morning and I'm off in the afternoons I imagine I'll be working about half the time and taking care of him about Mm -hmm. half the time and he was so cool about that even though there was no real official policy he just was like yes I acknowledge you're a human who has needs and let's accommodate for those needs which you know I could I mean it wouldn't have been a vacation but I certainly could have taken the entire week off and just been like I do no work this week like if they're if I had reported to someone that wasn't willing to be open and let me have this option that's a really good point because that's something I would define as not even hybrid work that's like flexible work like a flexible even though there's no policy and you know as we mentioned in episode two we had a hard back to office day yes Last year before we had left the role and both of us were, you know, hit, hitting the panic button mm. on that one for sure. More like the Egypt But it's funny button. because yeah, the institution we were at had pre-COVID and I don't know if you recall this, but at an all staff meeting there, somebody asked very explicitly like, are we developing a flexible work policy? Because this person in particular, I think was, um, he, he like said that he and his partner were like trying to adopt a child oh. and he's like, there's no parental, there's no paternal leave, yeah. like policy where we work, which was in hindsight absurd. Absolutely. So he was like, is there any sort of flexible work policy? Because if they were adopting, obviously they need to be home yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But anyways, the VP of HR was like, absolutely we are. This is something we've been looking at for a while, blah, blah, blah. This was like right before COVID, then COVID hit. And I remember we got an email saying pretty explicitly like, we're putting this official policy on hold because we're still learning a lot. And I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Like everybody's remote. You're trying to figure out what works, what doesn't work. And then do you recall we got that email from HR around the time when our office was like, here's your hard return date. And they're like, yeah, we've completely abandoned the flexible work yes, policy. I do remember. And I'm that. like, what? What organization in 2021 is completely abandoning? Like we work better in person together. It's the nature of the work. Garbage. I was like, Nope. (laughs) It's funny because the nature of my work is very remote and very digital. So I'm going to be on Zoom half the time anyways. Right. And I've since spoken to somebody who worked with us who in a different office, but he was like, I rarely go into campus. Like there's no point, frankly. He's like, I am a more senior person, so I can do that, but I can't let my staff do that. Oh, that sucks. What? (laughs) Like, how does that make any sense? And so... This is sort of like the kind of crux of the conversation, you know, so we're going to primarily be talking about the pros and cons of remote, hybrid, in-person, and to a lesser extent, flexible work, because it's kind of, it's related, but it's not quite the same. Yeah. But I think it is very important for us to clarify, because we've hinted at it very heavily, Tiffany are very big proponents of remote work. (laughs) Big supporters, big fans. I could potentially tolerate a hybrid work environment depending on the job but you know we're we're both very pro remote work it suits both of our lifestyles we're not the type of people who you know go to happy hour with coworkers or love to collaborate in person or need to be there for the culture whatever the hell that means yeah. very pro remote not work. here for the culture no and and honestly if your culture like can't be sustained in a remote or hybrid work environment it's probably trash anyways yeah that's kind of what 
I think I would like summarize that argument as I feel like that idea was like bouncing around in my head for a while, especially as our organization kept saying like that, you know, this is the nature of our work. This is what we do. We work together. We're in person. We are, uh, you know, we see one another, et cetera, et cetera. And I just kept being like, if that's what's holding it together, there are bigger problems. Like if right. that's the only thing making this work, quote unquote, which it wasn't, then we need to be like, this isn't working. <laughs> it was not working. You know, we also recognize that obviously not everyone can work in a remote or hybrid environment. Obviously, right. if you're in the restaurant business, retail, healthcare, hospitality, uh, other service, delivery, most teaching jobs, I would say. Yeah. Um, so we get that. And that's where the flexible part of the conversation comes in. Because even if your job is completely in person and you even like in person work, there can still be room for that flexibility. So that's what <laughs> that's what this conversation is. But we definitely wanted to preface it with huge remote work fans on, over yes. here. This isn't working. This will be a very biased <laughs> conversation emotionally but we are going to touch on sort of like the pros and cons as we see them for each of these um like modalities or features in terms maybe of the flexible work again like how how we see it being big fans of the remote lifestyle so some obvious remote pros um and this is something to think about also as you are like looking for work and looking for a new job if you're if you're out there doing the job search. I personally, and I know that this was true for you as well, Sean, um, when I was looking for work, remote was like a top priority. I wanted to work right. remotely no matter what I did. And so I was like keying my searches on that modality. But if you are more open to things, these are just maybe some pros and cons to think about if you're kind of trying to figure out what's what works best for you and your lifestyle. Um, obvious pros of remote are super flexible. Um, you're doing your own thing. You are in your own space. You're not dealing with office politics nearly as much because people aren't right. physically in your space and gossiping around you and asking you if you've heard the latest this or that. Um, you also have to kind of like, I, I think you have to be more intentional with your communications like so many times in our office people mm -hmm. would just be like passing by on their way like to or from the restroom or to or from the kitchen to get a coffee or what have you and then things right. would come up um but if you are just in your own space and you need to talk to someone about something you have to like take the time to formulate your thoughts send a coherent you know quick chat or email or whatever it is that right. works for your organization so you have to actually like think through what it is that you want to say and talk about. And it has to be important enough for you to go out of your way to bring it up to someone as opposed to just throwing something out there as you pass. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, that That's probably, in my mind, one of the pros because it, it minimizes the small talk. But that can also be for sure a con because you might very well miss out on some of those more organic human moments True. Yeah, um, absolutely. and have those types of conversations. I think one of the things with regards to communication that might benefit people is like body language. So I, I know that I personally have terrible body language and <laughs> I let everything be written on my face. What I'm thinking in is particularly in the work environment. It's for sure one of my biggest flaws if I were to honestly answer, what's your greatest weakness, greatest weakness, 
would for sure be that because I'm really not good at like taking bullshit like that. But um, so I used to that that would be a recurring theme on my performance evaluations. Um, that my body language wasn't wasn't the best. We, as we have said, we were not like super close before we were working remotely and everything like that. But I would watch you in meetings because we didn't always our work didn't always overlap in that you know pre pandemic right. stage. So when we had meetings, I was always trying to like read you and I would watch you in meetings and you just always looked like you were like, I am surrounded by the worst people. Yeah, that was for sure on my face. You always looked like so nice and you would like adjust your tie quite a lot. And I would be like, mm, something upset him. Someone said something that annoyed him. Yeah, it was usually one specific someone yeah. <laughs> um, that would say something that would, that would bother me. But yeah, and I, I've, I've certainly gotten better over the years. That was very much like an immaturity thing when I first started working. Definitely have improved over the years. Still not great at it, like if I'm being honest. But um, I just like my threshold for what I'll tolerate has, has gotten lower, but I've gotten better at you know, rolling with the punches. A lot of things I was reacting to were like office politics yeah. or like nonsense things, not even explicitly work-related stuff that I'd be like called out on and be like, oh, you know, did you have a nice weekend? And I'd be like, yeah, it was fine. They'd be like, oh, you know, Sean doesn't want to talk about his weekend. I wonder what happened. Like, I just, it, I, you're, we're not friends. Like, I don't want to talk to you about my week. Like, I'll make small talk about it, but if you're going to keep like digging me. But um, one thing that, that I've seen like repeated in like several several news articles and i don't know if anybody's done any formal studies on it but like particularly people of color have noticed that like by working remotely they you know and obviously i can't speak to this in my own personal experience but that they've like not dealt with a lot of office politics or even kind of like racially related like microaggressions or those types of things because they're working remotely and they don't have to see physically see people on a regular basis. So, you know, obviously once again, that's, I I don't have that personal experience. I can't speak to that, but I found that particularly interesting. That would definitely be interesting to know more about and to see, like, I also cannot speak to that from personal experience. Um, I guess maybe as a woman. Yeah. I was thinking that you might to an extent have that experience, you know, what? as a woman, but you know, to a different in a different way. Yeah, yeah, obviously. But I, you know what? I think that it, um, I think that there has been some, I don't know, like leveling of the playing field in terms of like if everybody's right. on Zoom uh, and you're all an equal size box in this Brady Bunch grid or whatever, and everyone's trying to like talk or something you know when like the technology also interferes with like who's actually hearable versus just who's the loudest boomingest voice in the physical room so i bet that that has been i would hope has caused some people to kind of think about making sure that they're like sharing the space with people that maybe don't talk as much or don't feel like they have as much of a voice if things are right you're literally looking at everybody in an equal amount of space. I would certainly hope so, but you know, companies are companies, so it's it's hard to say how how much better things have gotten. But at the same time, I think from an individual perspective, people might be feeling like it's actually great because now I don't have to second guess what I'm wearing or how I present myself and what what perceptions or you know biases people are gonna have about me or the way I speak or yeah. whatever, whatever their, their thing is. So 
Um, I think that could be a, a huge pro. I don't think remote work by by any means has solved the equity issue oh, that we continue no, to see no, no. in work, but <laughs> um, that's absolutely not what I'm saying. Um, but I would hope that to an extent for people who have the option to, to do remote work, even if it's gotten marginally better, you know, that's that in my mind is a pro. Yeah. That being said, I think remote work on the negative side can kind of blur the personal and the professional because you have a pretty intimate lens into someone's oftentimes home. Right. Not everyone who's working remotely has a separate office space. Like luckily I'm for, I have a third bedroom that I use as an office, which I'm fortunate to have, but some people live in studio apartments or one bedroom homes or whatever they're living. They have, they might have roommates right. or multiple family members. I live alone, you know, so I have a, a ton of luxury in terms of not only space, but quiet reliable internet, all those types of things. And people who might be in a remote environment might not necessarily have those things. So you're, you're getting a really like personal look at somebody's space. I've worked with people who work in their kitchen. I, I've worked at my dining room table before. Sometimes people work in a bedroom. Um, at your old place, you worked in like a guest room, right? Yeah, yeah, we had two extra bedrooms. And so one was set up with like a bed and then one was my workspace. And, um, yeah, so it was just like my desk and like some office C supplies and then just like other stuff that we had there. But I also had like a quiet, dedicated, sufficient space sure. to have meetings, do presentations, do interviews with or without my cat. Right. right. <laughs> so I had lots of lots of privilege in that for sure. I think for most people, that's probably worth worth the trade off. Like, yeah, you can see what's going on in my kitchen, but also at the same time, like I don't have to see you in person for most of the right. day. So and now that, that that's a huge all benefit. Of the video conferencing tools have that like blur feature. It's like, I've got laundry drying. Yeah. Or like virtual now. backgrounds. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like that's a good point. I didn't even think about that because I didn't use those really very often. I, I've definitely used the blurring when I was like working in my dining room just to be like, you guys don't need to see what's on my walls yeah. and stuff like that. I use it now because now my workspace is uh, like in an open space with like my living room. And so I, right. I'm very compulsively tidy. So like everything always looks nice. But like sometimes I do have the laundry rack with like, you know, my nice sweaters or whatever that can't be dried everything's laid out and it's air drying and I'm like I don't really want people to see that not because there's anything to hide but because I'm like that's there just needs to be like some separation I feel like in some ways so I default to the blurred for sure um, because of that and then I'm like it doesn't matter what's back there you can't see it my like little third bed it's a very small third bedroom so it's like great for an office but the way I have it set up is that behind me, it's just a blank wall. That's how I had um, it before. And that's on purpose. Yep. <laughs> right. So I'm just like, nobody needs any sense of what's going on. The only thing that might, you know, get in the way is my dog's, you know, 80,000 decibel toenails going on the wood floors here as she walks from room the to room. Like tense. she's sleeping right now. Right. She's sleeping right now as we recording, as, as we're recording, passed out. There's a... About a 3% chance she'll get up. She's a very heavy sleeper, but if she does, you guys will hear a very grating noise. It's the loudest <laughs> thing in the world. And I will say that's actually another pro is I get to be home with her a lot because when we were working in person, I purposely bought a house very close to where you're working. So I was like a five minute drive and I know you had a much longer commute, yeah. obviously, which we'll go into our next pro. But I, so I used to go home for lunch 
Um, so I had the luxury of like going home for a good 45 minutes to let her out, eat. But even then I was spending very little on fuel. Uh, my car had very low miles on it because I, it literally was like a mile, mile and a half from where we worked. And that's a huge benefit. I looked at my car the other day and in nearly two years, I put on like 13,000 miles or something like absurdly yeah. low. Like I think that the average is like 12,000 miles a year or maybe more. And I'm like, yeah, I, I never drive. And so there's like weeks where I don't get fuel oh, yeah. either. So I don't, which is amazing. Especially now. Oh, yeah, especially now, because as we're recording this episode, fuel prices are going absolutely bananas. Yeah, it's over $5 here. Oh, my God. Okay, it just dropped under 4 here. We only have to fuel up like every other month, though, because we are both work from home and we basically go to the gym, which is like right across the street, and to pick up groceries, which is like less than three miles. So. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. So it's very minimal. Most of my travels local going to my dad's house or visiting family and friends or you know there's i even walk a lot of places yes i also hardly ever get fuel but the amount of money people are saving on fuel and wear and tear on their vehicles and just most importantly their time to not have to commute like how much how long did it take you when we worked together to commute because you did not live i didn't live all that close i didn't live too far in the grand scheme of commutes no it's not too bad but with traffic particularly at the times that I was like coming and going like, you know, rush hour, it was probably like 35, 40 minutes, give or take. If I went there like in the middle of the day or something, like when there was no real traffic, it was more like 25, 30 minutes. So just to kind of give an idea of the, the difference, that felt like a really reasonable commute to me. And I still think that it is. I definitely know people that commute like an hour or more or used to anyway, back in the day. And so it feels like a, you know, not that bad but I didn't realize like how much of a toll that was taking on me until I didn't have to do it anymore and when we first went remote I I was like man I have like 40 minutes at the start and end of my day that are just mine again that's amazing it allowed me to form I mean even you know aside from the like panicking about you know hand washing all my groceries and you know are my parents going to survive and the the panic of the (laughs) pandemic Jesus yeah I was able to kind of like do something really useful with that time which is absolutely not required like you can totally just enjoy yourself and chill but I was like I especially because I had started in that burnout already I wasn't like working out or going to the gym or like taking as good a care of myself as I really like to or I feel better when I do because I was just like, oh, I don't have the energy or like I want to spend time with my partner and my pets and I don't want like if I go work out, I, I'm not doing that. And so I would use the time in the morning to walk my dog. I would use the time in the afternoon sometimes to like work out or do yoga. And it was so nice. This is related to one of the cons for remote work is that it can be difficult to disconnect from your workspace and your work time if you are living and working in the same area. Um, But it was really helpful for me to have a hard stop. And as we've said, we our traditional hours ended at 4.30. So at 4.30, I was like computer off. Now it's time for yoga. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Part of the commute, even though I was like frustrated and I really don't like driving and it wasn't a great experience, it did create a buffer Mm -hmm. where I could like come down from like the stress of the workday and get back to like, okay, now I'm regular life, Tiffany, and I don't have to deal with all the stress that I just left behind. 
um, a lot of times that involved like sobbing for those 35 to 40 minutes <laughs> going back home. <laughs> like, oh my God. Yeah. You know, just like having a good car cry. Uh, hit me up if you love a good car cry. So I did uh, lose my 40 minutes of sobbing time that I had set aside every day. Right. But ultimately, I think that I ended up a lot better off. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know people who are like, oh, I, I love my commute because I get to like listen to a podcast or you can, you can listen to our podcast while you're commuting if you have to commute. But oh, like, yeah. We're with you. But also, I can listen to a podcast while I'm waking up later and getting ready for work yeah, or uh, in the morning. Doing <laughs> so, my laundry. Exactly. Yes. That's the thing, too. Like, again, I didn't have a very long commute in previous jobs. I think the longest I've ever commuted to a job is maybe like 15 minutes. Maybe it's because of where we lived. Like we've, I've, I've never really lived in massive, massive cities, usually just like mid-sized Midwestern cities. Yeah. So obviously populations are smaller. Traffic isn't as intense as like the LA's or the New York's or even, you know, the Austin's or the Houston's of the world where people might have like an hour both ways commute. Yeah. Uh, one of my best friends actually works in healthcare. He would commute from his home to the hospital he worked at. And it was like, a good hour and he's like i just really like my job there i'm like i get it but that's two hours of your day, day. gone yeah. two hours of your waking day that's 10 hours a he week. works in healthcare so like not flexible scheduling like easily yeah easily on good days maybe 45 minutes he enjoyed it he's like i get to listen to stuff whatever i'm like that's great he since found a job much closer to where he lives which i'm sure his wife is very pleased with my partner did that for um when we one time like we moved and we ended up living quite far away and he you know the plan was like to get him a job closer to where mm -hmm. we had moved and it just sort of like never really happened and so he commuted 70 miles one way and so you know nope. it took about an hour oh it just drained him and it's it's the worst oh, I'm yeah sure. And he did have, you know, like he did podcasts and, you know, he found entertainment for that. But he wasn't like, I want this time set aside to be driving and listening to podcasts. If I were to just go from my bed to my desk at my house, it's probably a good 10 to 12 feet. Commute. Yeah, that's more my speed. Obviously, I like go to the kitchen, make coffee and I like shower and stuff. You guys, I'm not just like waking up at 830 and rolling into Sean my office. Sean crawls out of bed barely pulls himself up into his desk chair and that's his routine i've definitely seen people on like instagram and tiktok like i just work from bed and i'm like all right no first of all no, no. i can't do that but i get the mentality of like I don't, i'm not i can't be bothered you know yeah. i can't be pressed to do that i guess this kind of like brings us into hybrid work a little bit because we've obviously had the major pros of remote work at least from our perspective yeah. if you have other things about remote work that you love or other things that you hate about it you know, definitely let us know. If you go into the description of this podcast, there's a link. You can drop us an email. We'll tell you more about that later. But, you know, with hybrid work, as I kind of mentioned at the beginning, I would be open to it depending on the role, I think. I would have to be a job I really, really loved in order to, like, physically go into an office. How often would you be willing to go in? Probably two days a week. Every week? Uh, yeah, one or two days a week, I think. If it was, like, a truly hybrid role, um, I again, I... I can't emphasize how much I'd have to love this job. And if you know me as you do, I don't love working. <laughs> like, like I would have done really well if I had just inherited a bunch of money or won the lottery or something. I exclusively work to house, clothe, and feed myself. And I have no shame in admitting that. But, and, I, and that's not to say I've never liked the job or don't like working or 
you know, I'm against work or anything like that. I, I think there's a lot of value in it, but I just haven't found a job, you know, that I would love enough in, in this new world that we're living in to, to be hybrid for, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, totally. The blurring of the lines has been kind of problematic for me individually in terms of the cons of remote work. I think one of the nice things about hybrid work is you do have a distinct workspace. Yes. You still, on your remote days, run into that blurring of lines, but it's like, it's okay, I can kind of separate my home life, my family, my children, my pets, whatever, and go into an office space or a work environment and have those that type of very hard, distinct separation between the two. Yeah, and for those people that like the more social aspects of work, I'm, Sean and I have made pretty clear, like, we're both fairly introverted and we're not really here for the unnecessary forced small talk. I will small talk with people about things that I enjoy and that like we have in common, but I don't feel the need to just talk because we both happen to enter the kitchenette at the same time. I am perfectly comfortable with silence in that scenario, (laughs) but I do know people there. I have worked with people that are that like thrive in that more social aspect of things. And they miss the camaraderie of like occupying the same space. And um, I think that there is in terms of like having either in person or sorry, having a hybrid or flexible where you do have some face to face time. Because as we said, you know, there are times when you're just kind of like spitballing something and you can really capitalize on a creative moment that's a little harder sometimes with remote work. Yeah, that's a huge benefit. And I think some people probably work like that a little bit more in terms of how they think about things and how they work through problems. I'm not as reliant on that kind of strategy or like critical thinking, but I could definitely see if that were more of how you thrived, that it would be really nice to have the opportunity to do that a few times a week. I completely agree. I think you can also kind of have those more, sometimes it it is easier to sit down in a room and just Mm -hmm. like throw stuff on a whiteboard or something and work through a problem. And, you know, I totally recognize that. But it's funny because like, if you think about the the more social aspect of it, you and I like became better friends and we probably worked totally better did, together yeah. in a remote environment anyways, which is funny. But I think one of the benefits is like you could potentially have more meaningful interactions with your coworkers on those in-person days. Well, with remote work, I guess one of the cons as well is that, again, you become like a little too available because somebody can just ping you on Slack or over Gchat or hop on zoom or whatever if you have hybrid you can try and stack all your meetings on like those one or two days you're in the office which would be super nice i think there's a huge plus to that i don't think it's quite as flexible as remote work because there are still those days where you're in your nine to well probably eight to five now job where you're commuting and blah blah blah, and it's still pretty stringent on when you go in and when your day ends and people might not want to go in like some companies are forcing a hybrid or in-person environment and people might not want that. And there's no kind of space to negotiate. Um, so I guess my, my big question mark on remote or excuse me, hybrid work is, is it really necessary? Like what, what, a, what about it? Clearly the job can be done remote because there's an element of remote to hybrid. So what is it that is essential that is now in person again. I, I haven't seen a really good answer to that. I think I'm, maybe the best answer you could possibly give me is that it depends on the industry where like, you know, it's benef- it's really beneficial for XYZ reasons to be in person. I guess I just haven't 
come across anyone who's implementing a hybrid system giving me that kind of solid reasoning. The best, what I've seen is the best, is when you give your employees an option to do remote or hybrid because that that gives them more autonomy. Or I know that we used to work with people, um, or like I have worked with people that have children and sometimes they either just like want some time away from home or they want to go to a place where they can work where it is quiet and focused on work and they don't, like they appreciate that they can maybe spend the morning helping do childcare, but they're like, I really have this big thing I need to work on in the afternoon, so like I'd rather go in or like mm-hmm. tomorrow or whatever. So I think that um, for different life right. situations, it probably could prove to be more or less helpful. You can't um, create your children when you need to focus on something like you can a dog. So, you know, it's funny you said, cause I know somebody who has in-home childcare, well, you know, very fortunate to have that. And she also has a separate room in her home that I believe she and her, her husband shares like a a co-working space she can't work at home i she it's for her it's like a mentality thing she totally it's like different mindsets that makes sense to me um i don't have that issue but i definitely understand when people are like this is my working space and this is where my headspace at and this is when i'm at home i focus on home things um so even if you have all the the child care, the separate space, the whatever it is that you need. So in particularly in like all the interviews we were doing and everything. And as I said, it was all jobs that were remote. I was always trying to kind of like prepare for the basically like, how do you prove you're reliable working from home kind of question? Because I think that definitely pre pandemic, that was like, that was a topic for oh, sure. Right. Like if you're going to be working from home, how do we know that you're working? Which like one, um, trust your employees. End of story. For me, I, I realized that part of the reason I actually work better from home uh, is the same reason that I used to in uh, college study in my room. I couldn't study at the library. I mean, I could if I had to or like if I had to like rent a book or if we were doing like a group project mm. or whatever. But if it was just me doing my homework or me studying for an exam by myself, I preferred working in my known workspace because I know what to expect. I know where my pens and my highlighters are. I know that I can get up and go to the bathroom easily. I can get a snack if I need it. I can refill my water. Like everything that I might need outside of the textbook or project that I'm working on or the paper that I'm writing is right here ready for me. And that allows me to focus better. Whereas if I were in the library, even if I like rented one of the quiet rooms or or booked one of them obviously you're not renting them but um I found it distracting to see people like wandering past or I would be like oh I've I only brought the one highlighter and it's running low now or what you know like I just I have everything I need I never really thought about that I knew that about myself in college because I always did my homework in my room but I never really thought about that being like a way that I work better in like a comfortable known space. And I kind of figured that out as I was answering this question about like, oh, do you have remote work experience? And I was like, you know, here it is. But also like, this has always been me and I just didn't know it. I guess I never thought about it that way. I don't think, I guess I know, don't think about that. I just know that I'm more comfortable and better working when I have that sort of isolation type thing like because even in when we were working in person i would close my office door to focus a lot because again there's noise there's distractions there's one specific individual who is the worst person who wants <laughs> to make things more difficult um and i don't have time for small talk and it's it's just i'm not painting a very good picture myself no i, I, I think it's that. fine i mean we all just have like our preferred styles and things and like 
my environment is important to me and I didn't always understand that in ways that I do now. I mean, I even like hinted at it earlier. I was like, it's always clean in my living room because that's how I live my life and I like things to be tidy. Uh, It's because I can't can't think when things are cluttered or out of place. I, I just don't do as well. And if I am working at home in my own space that I have set up with everything that I need and I have access to anything that I might need, it just frees up my mind to focus more on like the task at hand. Yeah, I think you're absolutely correct. So that's why I still think that the best organizations out there, when possible, are giving the giving their employees the choice of in not even really in person. It's really I've really only seen remote and hybrid. I haven't seen the, the problem is a lot of companies now have gone fully remote. So there is not that you're remote or you're not. <laughs> but for the companies that still have massive real estate holdings, corporate headquarters, blah blah blah. I've seen in job postings that we've been looking at that employees have the opportunity to work from our corporate headquarters if they live nearby. Otherwise, you can work remotely and still or and like, you know, there might be an expectation that you travel to headquarters quarterly or sometimes whatever it is, which is totally reasonable. But, you know, I think the ones who have the capability of doing remote or hybrid but aren't offering that, I'm sure you've probably seen recently in the news, the whole Goldman Sachs thing where they're like everybody's got to be back and you have to swipe in as well so we know you're here but why what are you what is the benefit there like is it i don't have a good answer for for that i i have my suspicions and none of them are good yeah. about what companies like goldman sachs are doing in that regard or what their end game is there but it just comes across like really micromanaging really controlling i think a lot of people who are kind of like middle management essentially mm. i think they've really taken a hit over the last few years not in terms of like furloughs and layoffs, but just like power trip wise. Like an existential hit. <laughs> like, why do you exist? Yeah, they're like, what is our purpose? And you know, that that kind of rounds us out to in-person. I think on the hybrid side of things, we've really highlighted the main benefits of in-person. You know, potential for more meaningful collaboration with colleagues. You know, you can kind of organically between coffee breaks or whatever and walks between meetings kind of make small talk about things that you know create ideas or generate buzz and you know that sort of stuff i could probably spend about 500 years talking about the negatives of in person i think we've had um five episodes about that so far (laughs) (laughs) yeah no no kidding i think really the big ones though we've highlighted uh, really on the pros for remote work, you don't necessarily have a commute, so you're saving money, you're saving time, you potentially have a healthier work-life balance. Hopefully, if you don't and you're working remotely, you need to work on that. Don't don't have Slack on your phone or on your email. Don't notify me outside of this time frame thing or whatever, because I, I like having some of that stuff yeah, on my phone, right. just so that if I'm... Smart. Uh, just, just so that if I want, I can take a look at things, but... Um, I definitely don't want things like pestering me for attention. I'm like, I I will give you my attention when I want to. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that makes sense to me. For the folks who, unfortunately, in my mind, because I'm sure mm-hmm. there's people who listen that are like, I don't have the option just simply by the nature of my job. Um, this is where flexible work comes in. So as I mentioned at the beginning, the previous organization that Tiffany and I were at were going to introduce some sort of flexible work policy. So they claim, based on that all staff meeting from 
what was probably now three years ago, the inclination I got from what was said by the VP of Human Resources was that it people could kind of come and go a little bit, or maybe they could work with their manager on alternative schedules because as we've mentioned about five bajillion times, we worked 8.30 to 4.30. So maybe like it would be somebody starting at noon and working later into the evening or whatever, you know, those types of things. Again, that that is gone. They just like completely abandoned it for no good reason. Not to be dramatic. <laughs> However, I think one of the pros of, if you have to go in person, or really even this applies to remote hybrid as well, this, this sort of flexible work, is sort of abandoning a hard set work schedule. You know, I, one of the benefits of working in a restaurant was that the hours were a little bit more flexible because you would come in at a specific time, but you would kind of go when things were slow or stay if they're busy. Um, retail, obviously, schedules might vary based on business hours. But for a lot of roles, kind of abandoning the nine to five mindset, I think is is healthy. Family structures have changed. The way people live their lives have changed. Mm -hmm. Uh, Worked remotely. People are working in different time zones already. We're recording this and Tiffany's three hours behind me. Like we, we we're working across time zones. And I think that's really healthy for people. Like if you have childcare responsibilities in the morning and it's better for you to work in the afternoon into the evening, who cares? The work's getting done. Business continuity is there. You know, I think that's a huge plus to being more flexible with your employees. And it also gives them a much healthier work-life balance because they can sort of pick and choose right. a, to an extent, as you know, as long as you're in agreement with your management and supervision or whatever on your schedule, it gives them a little bit more autonomy to plan their life. Like they don't have to plan their life around their work. They can actually plan their work around their life. Even if you're looking at it in terms of really, um, I don't know, like, hard data or like like the resource of people's time think about how much time uh you as like a manager would save if you just had an arrangement with your um with the employees that report to you like okay this as long as again business continuity etc etc like this woman you know takes her children to school early in the morning um, wants to work early and then be done early so that she can pick them up because that is like the role she plays in her family and like we all just agree that that's okay and then that employee doesn't have to say like oh well you know my mother had been going to take the children to school today but she couldn't and then my husband had a big meeting and so like now I have to that arrangement's just taken care of it's just done you don't have to tediously explain changes in the schedule you aren't relying on other people because then you as the manager are kind of relying on you know like that woman's babysitter or mother-in-law or neighbor or whoever to so that your employee can do their work whereas you all could just agree to a schedule that makes everyone's life easier and there's no reason not to do that really and that was part of the argument at our organization was again the like we need to be in person, we need to be together, et cetera, et cetera. But there was no there was no real reason why. Whereas there are very compelling reasons to be open-minded and allow for flexibility. And just as we've said many times, the number one reason for that is like you have humans working for you, with you, to make these jobs happen. And humans have lots of things going on. So if you can just recognize that humanity and work with it instead of constantly fighting against it everything is just smoother your employees are less stressed things are just better 
it was so funny that they had abandoned in this particular instance that flexible work policy because as as Tiffany mentioned in a recent episode, we worked at a university, so we worked in higher education. Students don't operate in a nine to five environment. So it made sense for people to, if they wanted to work into the evening, awesome. I remember being a student and a lot of my classes were during the day. So I couldn't just right. like pop into a, an office and get help with financial aid or whatever, course registration, whatever. It didn't work. So I thought it was so bizarre that they were like forcing this in-person situation. Right. Like, oh, we work better together. We work better, blah, blah. It's like, all right, we can still do that if people have flexible schedules or you know a flexible environment if they can step out for a doctor's appointment without using sick time if they can you know run and get a late lunch whatever and it's funny because as i mentioned you know before we worked closely together i had a different supervisor who was traveling so oftentimes i'd be working at night you know 10 hour plus days because of the nature of the work so i was expected to come into the office at 8 30 do nothing for two hours essentially i mean obviously there's work to do but and then that evening, I would need to collaborate with my boss because she was traveling in like a different time zone. So it didn't make sense. Yeah. So realistically, my my workday could have been like 12 to 9 or something, exactly. you know? Um, and that probably would have worked better for me and what I was doing. The only really challenge I've seen with balancing everybody's needs. As we said, like we were very customer facing. And so like you do have to be available for that purpose. So it would be hard depending on the office size to make sure that like someone is fulfilling the role that is expected. Um, and I think that that's probably a larger problem until maybe someday, hopefully we as a society agree that like life can be lived outside of that nine to five and that, um, you know, if it works better for some people to work later then like, yeah, those services can be available later for people that finish work earlier, but that right now sort of with this, very inflexible mentality that our work system has it it definitely would present a challenge i was just thinking about all the things i can do now during the day because i work remote like going to the bank and things like that like luckily when we worked where we worked my my bank closed at 6 p.m so i was able to go after work but it just reminded me that a good friend of mine when he was working in person his apartment's office hours were while he was at work they were like Weird. They're weird hours. They're like 10 to 4 or something like that. So anytime he would have a, like a package delivered, it gets held in the office. So we couldn't get any of that Terrible. stuff until the weekend because his roommate like also went into an office. So like how just the inflexibility of that, because like what is he supposed to do? You know, he can't just like leave to go. He's like, oh, Amazon delivered something. I have to go home. But if there was a flexible work environment, he could do that. Yeah. Like, I'll be back in half an hour, whatever. And his supervisor be like, I don't care. You know, or even to the point where that doesn't even need to be. You don't need to get like someone's little approval yeah. to step out for 30 minutes to run an errand. Yeah, I used to do that. I did that all the time. Anytime I had to go to uh, the post office or I, I don't have a brick and mortar bank, but I, I did go to the post office quite a lot and I would go at lunch. I would definitely run errands as well, you know, or swing by the grocery store on the way back to pick something up for dinner if I was, you know, needed something or whatever, save the time. But you shouldn't have to do that. <laughs> those those things, you're... you're errands, your lunch, your everything should be confined to the 30, 40, yeah. one hour break your supervisor, or your company gives you. And I get like, I'm, I'm particularly thinking about teachers right now who just have no flexibility in anything. And I get people like, oh, well, they have summers off or whatever. It's like, right. And many of them will then work like teach summer classes or work extra because they're paid so poorly. That's very true. So, but I'm thinking about teachers, but it leads me to think like people in those industries and in those professions 
know what kind of flexibility they need and they probably have ideas for solutions. So I, I might look at a teacher and like have no idea how to make that a more flexible job. I'm sure a teacher has ideas or somebody who's delivering for Amazon or, you know, so if you're in these different industries, like let us know what, what flexibility looks like in your work environment. I know what it would look like for me. It would just be a not set schedule and I can, yeah. You know, if I have to work 40 hours in a week, I can kind of make that as I go. You know, I've seen a lot of people move to like 40 work weeks and or whatever, rotating Fridays off, that type of thing. But, you know, I think there's a lot of ideas out there and a lot of potential. Yeah. And I think that that I mean, you raise a great point with like there are these industries that we've either never been in or and or don't know someone in and or haven't been in since we were working part time as teenagers or whatever. But those people definitely have ideas about how to make their lives better and they see ways that it can work. So it's hopefully a com- like a larger conversation that we can be having about work because the pandemic brought so much of this need to light and, and allowed us to see how things could be different. Just how how people need to be allowed to live their lives, but they need to work. Many of them want to work um, and they, you know, you shouldn't have to sacrifice everything and all of your time and energy just to, you know, make a living, pay your bills, get to that next, you know, career move that you want to make or, or whatever it is that you are planning to do. Like you should be allowed to be a person during that time as well. The inflexibility that people are seeing in certain businesses or that certain companies are hardlining, mandating return to office or certain policies, whatever, people are leaving those industries and it's going to be really, and those businesses, it's going to yep. be really difficult for them to retain and attract the best talent. You know, there's a reason that teachers are quitting in droves. There's a right. reason that there's a shortage of nurses in the country, even pre-COVID, but it's getting worse. There's a re that, you know, if you're in sales, do you know how many sales jobs there are? And somebody's like, oh no, you have to be in the office. That person would be like, sick, I'm going to not work for you. Go somewhere else, make the same amount of money, if not more, with a better work-life right. balance and still hit my quotas and still do X, Y, Z, still make sales. It's just crazy to me that some people are so inflexible or so rigid and they're like, oh, we got to get back to normal. Like that normal doesn't exist anymore in, in any industry, even if you've been in person during the whole pandemic. So I know that we, we kind of talked about this um, throughout as we discussed like sort of our, our change from an in-office experience to a remote experience due to the pandemic, but how we then, you know, sought that because we both noticed a change in our outlook toward work and how, you know, so many stressors were lifted, how, um, right you know, much more work we could be getting done uh, after switching to remote again, pandemic aside, obviously we everyone was dealing with a lot of chaos and um, fear and concern during that time, and you know still. But from just a work perspective, it really opened our eyes to kind of like what could be, and we were both more motivated to work generally, even though the work we were doing unfortunately was getting worse and worse. Um, but when we were getting back that commute time. Um, saving more money and just, again, being able to work in a way that we could, like each of us could do better. It really, really worked for us. Yeah, absolutely. And so that's why next episode, episode seven, if you can believe it, we're going to be talking about what motivates people in the workplace. There's a, a lot of different things. As Tiffany just recapped, remote work is a huge motivator for us, but there's a ton of other things that motivate people and and demotivates people in the workplace so we're going to talk through a lot of that 
um, not only from our personal perspectives, but the different things that we've seen just in our careers and what people that we know have told us as well. In the meantime, don't forget to subscribe to This Isn't Working on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. You have the option, usually it's a little plus sign, go ahead and hit that. You'll also get notified when there's a new episode on Thursdays when the new episode drops. Uh, you can also DM us and email us to tell us about what work style you prefer. Are you a remote person like us? Are you a hybrid person, an in-person person? Oh, I hated saying that. Are, are you somebody that has a flexible working environment? And I'm gonna take this one step further. Tell us why. I'd love to know and hear different, we'd love to hear different voices and different perspectives. A lot of this isn't working is really just from our perspective. And as we mentioned, Tiffany have a lot of similar backgrounds, a lot of shared experiences, differences of course, but we really wanna hear more from people who aren't the same as us. In the description on the podcast, you can follow us on Instagram and mm -hmm. TikTok, and you can also click the here link, I believe it is, to pull out a super brief form, doesn't sign you up for anything or subscribe you to a newsletter, just dropping us an email. We'd love to read them. We've already gotten some, and you know we're looking forward to, co to continuing to get more. <laughs> I can't talk today. <laughs> it's late for you, so. I get a pass, yeah, I get a pass, yeah. <laughs> As we've said before, this is, um, you know, we're talking, but we're trying to have the conversations that you want to hear. Um, as Sean said, we've gotten some great feedback, um, people saying they're feeling uh, seen and heard, which we just love hearing about. As we said, part of the reason we started this podcast is because we were constantly having these conversations with each other. And we thought we are not the only ones having these conversations. So let us create a community for it. We'll look forward to seeing you next week for episode seven. I'm not going to